Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Point Conversion Monday Night Pregame Show Wild Card Edition. Ooh, it's so wild! Uh, I'm Kyle Sedner here, uh, and uh, okay, uh, we'll get a, a calmer, more tame shout out to my co-host tonight, Gladys. How are you doing? I'm doing super, super good in the Super Wild Card, <laughs> Super Wild Card um, <laughs> weekend. Our last Monday Night Show, a little sad, but still. It's always good times. Uh, I'm always Kyle good times. And I'm happy that you're here. Yeah, I'm also happy to be here. Happy f- playoff football is amazing. I always love it. It's so Isn't fun. it? It is. I think, and I was like, um, in one of the articles I wrote, I was wondering, is it so much fun because we no longer have, like, fantasy to worry about? I think that's, <laughs> well, I think that is part of it. But I also think... We're getting the best teams. This is the best quality football, and it means the most, as much as the regular season is incredibly important. I think I noticed, like, for instance, there seemed like there were less penalties. Like, there were some games where the first penalty was being called in the third quarter or late in the second quarter. And part of me is like, okay, yeah, maybe that's the refs being told to just ref how they really should anyway and only call it if you're if you're certain. Don't just call things if you think they're there. But <laughs> I also wonder if it's just – the teams that have made it this far are good quality teams that don't make so many mistakes and aren't going to take a bunch of penalties all the time. And maybe that's part of, because they haven't taken penalties, they've had success. Like it's chicken and egg type of theory. But I, I think to, to wrap it all up, I think we're just seeing the best teams right now, right? Like these are, these are supposed to be the best teams from this season. And frankly, I think based on wildcard weekend, we got that even the the games like the, uh, the bills dolphins, for instance, that was the highest, uh, projected that was the highest spread for a wild card game in history i think it was 13 and a half for the bills and they are they are they didn't cover that i mean they still won but they won by three four mm-hmm. um it yeah i mean for sure if you're a betting person the bets this weekend would have been to take the lines on the underdogs and you come out pretty pretty um good who's the facebook user that's digging out of the snow who's in where's it snowing uh so uh minnesota fraud kings at and maybe that is actually where this snow, snow person is wish that I yeti y'all. digging out shoveling all day yeah it probably is, is yeti it's okay. the snow and it's all the tears uh from all the vikings fans and it froze over <laughs> so that's like a lot of ice everywhere it's, it's really dangerous for driving so stay safe uh yeah. hit all his props so good job yeti and i mean yeah. he, yeti would of course be at home in a, a snowy icy conditions yeah and he would hit all not Gator. Pops. Gator would not be at home in these conditions. What up, Gator? <laughs> Gator's in Cali, right? Uh, Florida, I believe. Oh. The Florida Gators. Oh, that's who he's for. But is that where he lives now? Uh, oh, I, I thought so. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought I thought he was a a Floridian. Huh? huh maybe. Georgia. We were Georgia. Both so we were both wrong. But I was technically geographically closer. But it doesn't really matter. I'm still wrong. <laughs> So, uh, it's funny because snow is, is ice in Minnesota, and I guess there's no ice in the 49ers defense's veins. Oh, my so gosh. Clutch. They're so clutch. Is that what that is? I don't of know. Course uh, of course, it's snowing in Minnesota. The Giants went up. I should say this in Dan's <laughs> accent. The Giants won a playoff game, and hell froze over. Get around. Get amongst them. Get around them. Get amongst them. Get amongst the Discord as well. Uh, go to com slash Discord if you want to all this crazy talk uh, with all these crazy people on well, I won't call you crazy. We'll we'll say B, uh, but on screen. I'm in not the in comments. Discord, so it's okay. Yeah. I don't go yes. on Discord. So going for two.com slash Discord or Discord.com slash going for two. I'm sorry. You can also go to going for two.com though. Um, and get uh, all sorts of articles, uh, access to all the podcasts and uh, all, all the advice for we give for fantasy, DFS, redraft, dynasty. You know what? I don't think I played any props. I played the lines, but I played the money line, so I didn't come out like that much further ahead. But I wonder, um, Yeti, what props did you play? Or, like, what were the big props that you played? Because I didn't see any props that were – that I thought were that enticing for for the for the first weekend. Although this – tonight's game I have some props that I liked. But, I mean, they were just all like, meh. Except if you played, you know, like, the points with Miami and points with Seattle, then you probably came out pretty good. Um, it's funny because, yeah. Uh, yeah, 
Vita, I guess, assuming this is Yeti talking about uh, the 49ers cover. They were one of the teams that actually did cover their spread, and that was like a nine and a half. Oh, wait. Who did the Niners play? Uh, the Seahawks. As you mentioned, uh, that second half. They needed that big second half barrage to I cover. thought the – was it nine? I thought it was like – I thought they were both double digits. I thought Miami and Maybe, maybe they got to ten eventually in ten and a half, but I think they oh. still covered that anyway because they won by 18, I believe. Oh, really? So they were. Yes, I think I they were the it. only favored to cover their spread. Because, I mean, the, the Vikings and Chargers outright lost. Oh, it's and... Courtney, not Yeti. They oh, Courtney. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she mentioned it was going to be a lot of snow. Yeah, she told me that, too. Uh, she was maybe potentially going to come on, but, uh, yeah. I just learned, and this is... So maybe it's not snowing in Minnesota, but we'll, we'll say it is it is anyway. Sorry to give the false report. That I didn't... Courtney, I didn't know it snowed in, in uh, Lake Tahoe. For some reason, in my head, Lake Tahoe is, like, closer to Cali. But my friend of mine was talking about how he's going to move up to Lake Tahoe because of the skiing there. So be careful, Courtney. And especially if you have to take your son somewhere. Yeah, yeah I did not That's realize it. it snowed in Lake Tahoe. And Discord Dan is out with his kids, um, Gator. He's doing the dad thing. That, that was thing. the secret. I don't know if the dad oh, wanted to tell. Well, no, Why? it's not. I, I, I'm just kidding. That he's a good dad? He doesn't want people to know that he's a good dad? Yeah, the barrage, right? <laughs> Uh, he, plays yeah. drum, he teaches them drum lessons and that's it <laughs> with a drum set that he doesn't know how it got there that's, um, that's great. Oh, it's yeah it is Courtney but no I wanted to click on this uh, so apparently Gator, uh, Gator can't wait to get after these props as uh, Dan would say get amongst them <laughs> get um, amongst them and uh, so, yeah, so we could actually just start by previewing the Monday night game it usually is it's funny how it's a preview a Monday preview show usually uh, Doc's not here, so we normally would focus a lot on injuries, but uh, we always leave that for the end. But we might as well uh, just get jump to it now, if you if you'd like. Yeah, unless someone wants to talk about hi, Mister Scampers, how you doing? Um, unless Scampers lives in Tahoe too, what is happening? I'm gonna have to move to Tahoe. <laughs> yeah, Mister Scampers, of course. It's hey, if the cat knows. Yeah, if the cat is there, it has to be good. Um, yeah, unless someone wants to um, talk about any of the games this We can talk about that afterwards. We can start with this one and see what we have time left for. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, Cowboys at Buccaneers. Uh, right now the over-under, at least the last time I checked, was at 45.5. Cowboys favored by 2.5. And, a half. and uh, I guess before we get into that, I also mentioned the uh, promo code that you can use to join Underdog. GF2, capital G, capital F, the digits, well, the digit 2, the number 2. Uh, GF2 stands for going for two. And again, use our, our going for two promo code on underdog to get a hundred percent deposit deposit match up to hundred dollars. So double your money as you join. And uh, yeah, maybe you use it uh, tonight to bet on some of these games or, or I guess this game. Any uh, first thoughts by seeing either of these, uh, you know, the over under or the fact that the Cowboys are favored by two and a half. Uh, no, Jamie's crazy. Jamie, you Cleveland crazy man. What makes you think the Cowboys are going to beat Brady tonight? Cowboys have never beaten Brady ever. 7 and 0, oh, I think Brady's record against the Cowboys, my friend. 7 and 0. Oh. What do you think? I think that two and a half I would take uh given Tampa. I take Tampa and plus two and a half. Or Tampa on the money line plus 120 I think it is right now. I don't think Cowboys are going to win this game. I don't. I hope they don't. Um, but yeah. Oh, it's negative three now. Shit. I would still do negative. I would still take plus three. I would take the Cowboys plus three. And no, I would it's go the up. Cowboys. Or wait, sorry. I thought you were saying they wouldn't win against. They're not going to win. So you. So I would take the Bucks the, plus three. Oh, Bucks. I thought. I said, okay, my, my mistake. Yeah. And uh, um, I would go actually. Under, I think, on 45 and a half. Well, well actually, if, if it goes up to three, that almost makes it better, right? The higher the line goes, the better it is for the Bucks because that the pick the Bucks. So, yeah, if especially if the line is. Oof. Yeah. Money line. Wow. I don't so, understand why all this money's on the Cowboys. I don't. Well, that. and I, I wonder if it's you're looking at the records, right? Because even though the ta- uh-huh. the Buccaneers are the home team, the Cowboys have the better, better record this year. Uh, yeah. So. I'm guessing that factors in uh, to what they think uh, will be here. But I tend to agree with you looking at the quarterbacks as good as I think Dak Prescott is. 
it is Tom Brady after all. And so to give him, uh, to, you know, you don't usually get to pick Tom Brady as an underdog in the playoffs. And maybe you might right. get to throughout these playoffs, especially if they win tonight. So I would agree with Gladys and uh, say go with uh, go with the uh, the Buccaneers as underdogs. So is the B League. He's going Tampa plus three for him too. And then I think the whole Sean Sean Payton going to Dallas thing. I mean, if you're looking over your shoulder like Mike McCarthy has to be doing, it, it's got to you know. You're not concentrating on the game. You're concentrating on your job. And now, I mean, I guess his job is to win playoff games. He's supposed to know that. So, like, you should be focused. If like you want to save your job, you got to win this game anyway. Like, make that, make that, make it be as difficult decision for Jerry as possible. Because if you, if McCarthy loses this game, and you, and you as a head coach with this franchise quarterback in place and this amazing receiver in Ceedee Lamb, who really stepped up this year, you've got who is an early candidate for defensive player of the year in Micah Parsons probably doesn't look like he's going to get it now, but <laughs> you've got all these pieces in place. And if they lose tonight, that's zero playoff wins for Mike McCarthy. So it, it, you know, for him, this like, yeah, his job's on the line tonight. Probably he's got to justify, you know, make it tough. Like, okay, if you, if you can get that playoff win and make it tough on Jerry to, to say, I'm going to fire you after a, a playoff win. I mean, obviously wouldn't do it tonight after they win, but like presuming they lose at some point this year. But if you were Sean Payton, would you rather go to Dallas or to San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers, whatever they are now? Someone was saying, I heard someone say that for Sean Payton, because New Orleans is going to ask for so much, like they're going to ask for a first-round choice, a first-round pick to get him out of that contract. But for Sean Payton, it's all about, it's not about the roster construction. It's more about the ownership. Yeah. What kind of control does he have as well? Is he going to get... And I I don't see him have much control in either of those scenarios. Like Jerry Jones is everywhere. And then what is it, Spano that is the Los Angeles? He's he's kind of not the greatest person in the world either. So I'd imagine that would be one where they would the owner that's not one where the owner necessarily acts as the GM like it does with the Cowboys. Um sure. it feels like he'll never get final say for sure there. Uh, you might be able to like supersede the GM in in you know with the Chargers if that's what it takes to get him. So I think if you're Sean Payton, that's maybe what you're looking for. Does Denver do the Chargers? Does do the Cardinals offer that opportunity? Uh, you've got quarterbacks there to varying degrees. I mean, if you look at the quarterback situation, I think you'd want to have Herbert, right? I don't know if that's why you gravitate towards that one first because you know Russ Wilson or an injured Kyler Murray. Give me. Justin Herbert, I'd much rather have his tools to work. Well, what about Dak? What about Cowboys? And then, yeah, and uh, you know, assuming that, yeah, like you're saying about the control, like if we assume that Jerry won't give him control, I could see Mm. maybe the Chargers being willing to give him the full control, give him final say, same with those other teams. But you're right, like Dak is probably more appealing to work with than Russell Wilson. I would agree with that for sure. I I would almost agree with that, except for the last two games without Hackett, you saw a glimpse of what you thought Russell Wilson was going to be. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if it was the the system that he the, was working in or if he. The one um, thing I'll say is Wilson had a good game with Hackett the first game against the Chiefs too. It was one of the few bright spots that he did have yeah. with Hackett, but I think right before he got injured actually. Right. And so, and then, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's so much the coach as, as you know, Wilson struggling this year. I don't know. It's, it is um, strange. Maybe, maybe, it does seem like Hackett probably wasn't the best choice for the job. So what, what well, I mean, it, it does seem like Bronco is almost banking on Sean Payton. And if they don't, they have no idea how to hire someone else. Like, you know, he's, he's an amazing head coach, great offensive mind, but if it's short of someone who's already that reputable and already has that type of results, the Broncos, this ownership doesn't seem like they know what they actually need to look it, for in a head coach. That's the, scary but the Broncos part. don't have a first round pick. They don't have a first round draft pick. So, I mean, if that's what, if that's what New Orleans is asking, they're automatically out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. So could they, could they trade something of value enough? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can they, Wilson? Are, are they just going to agree to take on one of the Saints' bad contracts and help free them up some cap space? <laughs> is that oh maybe God, more than I, more I than draft not. picks? They just want people to take on their bad contracts. I hope not. I I hope not. I mean, I'm not a Broncos fan. You guys know that, but um. Yeah, uh, I don't want to hear the crying for another year. I can't. I I just can't. 
these fans and then, like ridiculous. It's it's funny how all these teams do, does that yeah. that price almost hinder it. Um, Chargers quietly have an aging roster, is what Mister Scamper says. Giving up draft picks makes it even less a desirable roster. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't think anyone is. Uh, they have uh, San Fran's first. Oh, right, the Bradley Chubb trade. That's correct. So the, the Broncos ended up getting a first round pick. Uh, I thought. Wait, they have San Fran's first via Miami for Chubb. Because uh, I think uh, what? Because San Fran still has the tenth pick. So what pick is that? Do you know? Do you know. See, I thought. I thought the. I thought San Fran gave up all their picks. No, I did too. And then I saw they were ESPN had the first ten picks up, and San Fran was in the number ten spot. Who's that even belong to? I'm not sure who they know. even traded for. Um, real quick, Gator, if you go on to that uh, MGM, Zeke's line is is one yard shorter. It's forty eight point five. I would go over, but you're going lower. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, I've gone higher on higher. Wow. Yes. Okay. So yeah, apparently Dan's putting this together for us. So the the, the Dolphins got uh, the you know the four ers trade up for Lance. They got that first, and then okay. they sent that first to the Denver to get Bradley Chubb in season. So Denver ends up having, which will I guess be the 49ers pick. So right now that'll be uh, what there's eight teams left. So uh, right now that would that would be 24th at best, and even then I don't even. I won't, You'd need, all, you'd need all the favored teams to, to lose for that one to be the case. So that's likely going to be, you know, in the mid-20s to potentially the 32nd pick that Denver has. So is that early enough to want for the Saints? Because I guess Gator saying the report is the Saints are going to supposedly ask for a mid to late first round pick. So that would be, that, that's more towards the late side. So is that enough? Um, I don't know. Hey, uh, this is for Courtney because she's a huge Saints fan. What do the Saints need that they would that that's paramount for them, I, or is I mean, it just a bargaining price? I, would I mean, just it's, say it's off the bat, Sean they Payton. They need a quarterback, right? I don't know. They didn't play Jameis all season because it was back. So are we saying that Jameis is done, even though he didn't get a chance to play this year? Well, I think his contract's done, though. I think this was year two of a, of the two year contract, unless I'm mistaken. So he's going to be a free agent. So they've got really no ties to have to keep him. Maybe they still keep him anyway because you know because he hasn't started much. Like he, teams probably aren't uh, knocking down the door to get him in free agency. Right, but I'm saying like he was a presumptive starter before he got hurt. I mean, the reason he isn't the reason he stopped playing wasn't because initially wasn't because he wasn't playing well it was because he had that injury right yeah no for sure it seemed like it it, it, it is a weird situation because they later kind of came out and put an emphasis on it, he, the reason he left was because of injury but the reason we're putting him back is because of performance remember the right, but they had there was no performance to go off on because he was injured i don't know i don't know i mean and then you have the kamara suspensions there's a lot with the saints right now and yeah. again, I think they're already like they're already in negative cap space, so they've already got like they've already got to figure things out before they can even think about bringing anyone else in anyway. So uh, I, Shane Manila joining us and uh, bringing a good point. Uh, you know, maybe just if, if it's going to cost that much, maybe the Saints are just putting this price out so much that it almost keeps Sean Payton out of a job. They they almost kind of say, okay, you want to come back and coach? It's got to be for us, or we're taking away your first round pick at the next spot you go to. Um. Oh, I totally forgot about the Panthers. Yeah, that's. Yeah, they haven't fully committed to Steve Wilkes yet either. Which is really crazy because he did more with that team than. Man, I'm, I don't even know why the Cardinals fired him in the first place. Like everything <laughs> surrounding Steve Wilkes is crazy. So I'm just, it's par for the course for the NFL as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, I heard that Kingsbury what, had a one-way ticket to Thailand, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Um, I. I don't think anyone wants that job either. I mean, I think there are a lot of jobs that coaches are going, eh, maybe, maybe I'll just hold off until, you the know, Texans next job right now seems like that's not one you necessarily. They've had four, what, four coaches in four years? No, three coaches in three it's years. It's funny how the 49ers almost went through something like that when they got after Harbaugh. They had, uh, um, they had Chip Kelly the one year. That was a disaster. Uh, they had, <laughs> but they, but then Tom Sula. He was their linebackers coach, and and he didn't he was he didn't go from linebacker to DC. They went straight from linebacker to head coach, and 
yeah. And, and yeah, it, it, and now, I mean, now they got Shanahan, so that seems to have calmed things down. Yeah, but I mean, who, what coach in their right mind would say, yeah, the Texans, they're, they have no roster, basically. Um, and they've had three coaches in three years. They're, their owner guess, obviously isn't one who says, hey, I'm going to give you like, <laughs> you know, two years or three years to figure this out. I guess the one advantage is it looks like they're probably getting a quarterback this year. It, it Presumably they're right now. They're, I think they're at the second overall pick. Assuming they stay at that spot, they're probably taking a quarterback there. So you get tied to whatever you think is that franchise quarterback and that maybe buys you time. That's been the ingredient mm. missing for these last two coaches. It was curious uh, with Lovey Smith. I, I, for David Culley, it seemed like this was probably his only opportunity to get a head coaching job. It seemed like this this was it. Like this was for someone who had coached for as long as he had. didn't seem like he had gotten much consideration. So you finally had a team willing to make you head coach. So I think it made sense for Culley. Lovey Smith, who's had that experience before, he maybe saw it as a reclamation project he'd come and fix. But yeah, that was a little more curious. We'll see. Maybe, it, maybe it's another one of those maybe that's what the, the Texans are going to have to go for. Not a young head coach. It's going to have to be an older head coach who hasn't had an opportunity to be a head coach yet. And well, this is the only team offering me the, sh- the chance. So we'll take it. And I mean, the work. only upside is like, you could say I, I couldn't do much worse. So anything I do is going to look like an improvement, but Smith <laughs> did that. Lovey Smith did that and he got fired. So, I mean, I don't, did he supposedly he might've got fired because he almost did too good the last game. <laughs> Oh, so he didn't tank. So it was the old Miami thing. The old Brian Flores. Here, why don't you just tank and and get the first? I I don't even. Or or um, the owner just says that so the fans won't be mad at them for tank for not tanking. Uh, who knows? Who um, knows? It's Houston. No one wants to go there. Well, yeah. Speaking of Houston, we can talk Dallas. Even this game is going to be in Tampa. So yeah. So we're both agreeing. Well, the Cowboys are favored. We kind of trusted in Tom Brady more. So uh, pick the underdog Buccaneers. Uh, you, you know, I mentioned some props, and I guess uh, yeah, Gator had a list of props. Um, so I don't know. We can actually just run through Gator's list and see like what we think of his. So uh, he's got uh, Zeke lower than 49.5 rushing yards, uh, Leonard Fournette higher than four receptions, uh, as well as Schultz higher than four receptions, Evans higher than 65.5 receiving yards, and Pollard higher than three receptions. So any lines there stand out to you that you either agree with him really or, or you think you should go the other way? I think Zeke is higher than 49 and a half rushing yards. <clears throat> but I bet my bet was at 48 and a half, 48 and a half rushing yards higher. Um, the Evans only worries. Okay, so the Evans is like um, that dual-edged sword. You know that um, the Cowboys' pass rush defense is formidable, Michael Parsons. So Brady's going to have to get the ball out quick, which he does. It's like, what, 2.2 seconds or something he gets the ball out. But that means a dump off. So Godwin, Fournette, Otten, I think, are going to be the three that get the majority of receptions. However, one long pass to Evans, and he's going to be close to 65. So if you think that he will have time to get the ball down to Evans, that's a good bet. If you think that like I do, that he's going to play the dump off game and it's going to be Chris Godwin, it's going to be Leonard Fournette, it's going to be Cade Otten who are going to benefit from that, then I'm not sure I would have gone. I probably would have just um, faded that one. I wouldn't have gone higher or lower. I would have faded Evans higher with 65 and a half receptions. So it's interesting. So with his list here, he's got two bets that don't necessarily correlate the Fournette higher on receptions, the Evans higher on the yards. So if you're going to do right. those in a, like a parlay situation where they're in the same bet, maybe you want to go four net higher on those receptions and then Evans lower on the yards, or like you said, just fade it all together. But if you make like two separate bets and, and one right. for each, you're, you're kind of covering, covering yourself for the two scenarios. Yeah. But, but to be honest, there could be a scenario where Fournette gets the volume. And like you said, Evans, it takes one or two catches to get this type of total. So right. you, there could be a scenario where both of them do happen. So I, I, the, it's funny because of the ones, how Gator's going, I, I kind of agreed with the Evans yards. I don't lo- necessarily love Evans on a catches, but Evans on the yards, I think is good. Uh, I liked the receptions as well for Fournette. And uh, frankly, I kind of like Zeke going lower on the rushing yards just because this Bucks run defense is really tough. I could see Zeke 
you know, maybe I'd prefer to go after Zeke's combined yards, thinking he gets maybe more through the air. I remember seeing his receiving yards that were like at seven and a half. And that was, I think, on a different site because I think Gator mentioned DK uh, being DraftKings, but it uh, wasn't underdog. But um, if, you know, if I kind of like Zeke more there, you know, getting over on his uh, receiving yards just because they're so low. I could kind of, I kind of agree with, with uh, Gator going lower here on rushing. Well, I know that um, Vita Vea is coming back, but in the last four weeks, I believe the Bucks defense has given up an average of 126.5 rushing yards. It equals out to like 50 and a half per game. They're not, they haven't been that formidable in the last four weeks. Now they're getting players back that were hurt. So that will probably offset. But um, I think that the, the fantasy that the bucks are still, I mean, they're, they're good, but they have given up rushing yards. The only problem there with the Zeke is the Pollard. So if they're giving up 126, what is the split going to be between the two? Because, um, but I, I've also heard that Pollard is injured. Like they held him out week 18, not because, or part of the reason was because he's still suffering from what the hip hamstring, some injury that he has. Yeah. Yeah. He missed uh week 17, I believe mm-hmm. that, so, uh, that Thursday night against the, the Titans, wasn't it? Right. And you know that um, for whatever reason, Jones wants them to feature Zeke, you know, so yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I just think that this is going to be a game where they don't want Dak to lose it for them. So the running game on the Dallas side is going to be, plus they're go, they want to keep Brady off the field. The running game is going to be paramount for Dallas, which means Zeke and Pollard, if Pollard's healthy. So, and to, to talk about that, though, but yeah, the questions surrounding Pollard, the, the two lines that Gator has here that I'm maybe less excited about are the Dallas Cowboys receptions. Uh, Schultz with four and Pollard with three, especially Pollard going higher than three receptions. And, he, and I you know did see a later comment, Gator said, these are the underdog lines. So again, use our, our promo code GF2 on underdog uh, if you want to join up and get a double deposit match. But uh Real quick I'm okay and- with the Schultz receptions. I mean, Schultz is like the second highest targeted receiver on the Cowboys behind CeeDee Lamb, right? He's getting a 16.9% target he share. He is, but this is also a tough linebacking core, kind of good at defending the tight ends. I wonder, and this is my next question to see what is, because I saw the line on, on another site at two and a half receptions for Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's something I would like to push a little higher. Um and I wonder what it is on underdog, but uh, I actually think I'd, that was maybe the one prop I, that kind of stood out to me was was Gallup going over on his receptions, wondering because these are such good linebackers for the Buccaneers, maybe they cover Schultz better, and you know the, the secondary option this game ends up being Gallup instead of Schultz. So instead of Schultz, um... Gallup's at three receptions. Kind of like him being lower than than Schultz, to be honest. Now, I guess the, the other argument is a tough pass rush with the Buccaneers. So do you go with a shorter route guy in Schultz as opposed to Gallup? So. I, I just, I don't know. It, I think in a quarterback that is um, having trouble, like uh, having a, a career interception streak going, that you trust who you trust. And he trusts CeeDee Lamb and he trusts Schultz. And he trusts Forn- um, not Forn- um, Zeke. So I, I I just don't see him. Interesting stat here that uh, Gator brings up. Tampa's 27th versus tight end, but third against running backs in the past game. So actually, that, that I get back to the argument, I think we, the one I'd maybe change here, Gator, is uh, go away from the Pollard over three receptions. If, especially if Pollard and Gallup are going to be the same, I would just flip that. I'd, I'd prefer to go with Gallup personally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And you seem confident with the Schultz at four receptions. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident with Schultz at the four receptions. I here's the thing. I think that um, when Tampa when Tampa has allowed Tampa has like the second highest or the top five highest percentage once teams get within the twenty yard line of letting them score. Right. So we know that once they get within the twenty yard line, it's going to be either Zeke or Pollard that's going to score. And if Pollard scores, he's going to score 
through the air, why Zeke is going to score on the ground, right? So that's the only reason, if you think Pollard's going to get three chances to get into the, the end zone once they get in the 20-yard line, I'm, not, I'm okay with that. Um, I wouldn't do it. I think that three receptions, I think, is a bit high for Pollard. Uh, for either of those running backs, I would I I agree with Kyle. I would flip and go. I think Gallup has a better chance at getting three receptions. Are these three receptions or three pass like targets? I would say to... it's receptions. Oh, three targets I seems. I wouldn't seems even give Gallup three receptions. Then I would I would. I, I did those. look it up at two and a half. He, he was he had gotten more than two and a half more than half the time that he played this year. If I think okay. if you push the three, there were a couple of games where you got exactly three, though. So there'll be a couple of those where it's more of a push. I was more excited at two and a half, but I still <laughs> kind of like it. I like it more than I do Pollard for receptions. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not really crazy about their Pollard. I think Pollard would get one or two, and I think they're going to be uh, touchdowns or in the red zone. But I don't, I don't think he's going to catch three passes. I just, it just seems kind of like, I think, uh, like I said, I think they're just going to give the ball to Zeke at nauseum today and just try to make it a run game where Dak doesn't have to mess up and Brady doesn't get on the field. Now I've got, I got a question on Twitter actually from Wheeler uh, at FF underscore Wheeler. He also does join our uh, full press coverage live stream as, as a viewer. So appreciate Wheeler for that. He's a great guy in the industry. Good ranker. Um, uh, so he's doing like some type of fa- uh, fantasy playoffs. And I, and I guess I'll ask you afterwards if you're doing anything uh, fantasy football wise for the playoffs, but uh, who do you want rest of the playoffs? And th- you know, he's kind of giving the caveat. He assumes that whatever one of these teams tonight gets through probably loses to the 49ers next week. So you're really thinking two week basis, but uh, do you want to go with Pollard and Evans Pollard and Godwin, so it looks like you're taking from one or the other, either Cowboys or Buccaneers. You can't take from the same from both. Like you have to take one from one team, one from the other. Okay. So Pollard and Evans, Pollard and Godwin, or uh, Fournette and Lamb, or Rashad White and Lamb. And this is for next week or for this week? For both. So you're pulling tonight. For I this would week. go Fournette and Lamb. And that is what I told him too. That's what, uh, right now he put a poll out on Twitter, and actually Pollard and Godwin is leading the poll. But I, I'm not mad at that. I I like Lamb the most. I think if there's one yeah. player I want to get from this game on either side, it's Lamb. Just because again, back to what I said earlier with the the Zeke rushing yards, this Buccaneers run defense is so good that Dallas may not have the choice but to pass. Uh, the pass rush of the of the the Cowboys is really good. So maybe that encourages the Buccaneers to run, but then you also have Tom Brady. So like that could be contextual contextual, but I would imagine Dallas gets a ton of pass attempts tonight. So wanting that, I would say I'd, I'd want CD lamb, just give me the volume of lamb. And then who's the better option between Fournette and Rashad white. I agree with you. It's Fournette. So that's kind of what led me to that conclusion. So, and well, are we throwing out week 18 on both teams? Are we, do we think that they tried that Tampa tried to play week 18? Eh, I think you can, I'd say I'd probably just throw it out if it's easier. Cause but, in uh, week if, 18, if we, I guess if we're, if we're saying neither team tried, if we're comparing both teams results, we can probably just keep it in. Week 18. Um, Algier, is that his name? How do you pronounce it for Atlanta? Algier. Yeah. He had 135 rushing yards against him. Now, granted the week before, Carolina guys had like 70 combined, but I mean, I, I don't, I'm not buying into the fact that teams aren't going to, aren't going to get rushing yards against Tampa. Cause I think they are. And I That's think fair. these okay. two are, I, Pollard is just so good. I mean, he really is. And he's like that. He's like the Austin Eckler light. You know what I mean? Like he can, you can throw to him. He can, get receptions too and if it's just their game plan to do that and they just keep shoving the ball i I can see zeke going above 40 like getting 50 at least 50 yards rushing pollard maybe not as much but a touchdown or two or flip that 
Zeke in a touchdown in two and Pollard getting 50 rushing yards. I mean, I, I just think – I think that offense tonight is going to flow through Pollard and Zeke, unfortunately, because I have C.D. Lamb in a best ball. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to lose in that one. Right, but, that's fair. But, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? If, if Dak is having the problems that he's having, and he looked horrible, horrible last week. Like, I don't know if he – and yet, and he's on that interception streak. So there, that is true. Yeah. You know, why would you put the game in his hands? And why would you allow Tom Brady, who's beaten you seven times, like he hasn't lost to you? Why would you let him be get a chance to beat you again? And I agree. Vita Vea coming back is huge. Yeah, I think you mentioned that earlier. Scampers yeah. was listening, and he agrees. Um, but I just, I don't see putting them. I don't see. Dallas trusting Dak. I, I just don't. I mean, Mike McCarthy's playing for his job or it's coaching for his job. You know, you're going to trust the guy who's like on an interception streak against the goat. Let them get short filled. Let them get a short filled. Okay. I'm having dog problems. Jackie, go lay down. Oh, he's such underdog, a- not underdog <laughs> problems though. So everyone should join no. underdog going for to your promo code. Yeah. Uh, going for to discord as well. Sorry. We're going to promo down. pimp, uh, your GM's job here. <laughs> Apparently, the offensive lineman Jensen is back as well for the Buccaneers. So, yeah, but Brady gets the ball out so fast. Like, I, I really don't see Dallas. That, that almost helps the run game more. Like, that's yeah. maybe if you're if you're thinking Fournette, like like the argument again. We're, we're talking about Wheeler's question. If you want to go Lamb Fournette, maybe that's the encouragement there. Of okay, the the Bucks O lines improve. Maybe Fournette gets the touchdown. I I I like Fournette tonight. He's like in every. Um, what are they called? In every lineup that I have for tonight, I have Fournette. He's either captain or he's – I have him in everyone. I think he probably gets more touches than either the Cowboys running backs just because they they will be maybe closer to an even split. I could see Fournette getting more of the work than Rashad White just because he trusts the veterans. As much as I love Rashad White, I could see the, the team trusting the vet who helped win them the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Plus he's a better um, – isn't he better in pass blocking too? Fournette than Rashad White? Uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like oh, White yeah. is – I think if you're – I guess the advantage could be if – again, Brady gets out quick. If you're looking just for a dump-off option, it seems like White, White is good at catching the ball. But, yeah, okay. not so good if you want to leave him in there and, and uh, pass protect. That is true. I don't so, think he's nearly as big as Fournette is, so he's a little bit easier to get in the way. Not many More, more mass to, for the defenders. <laughs> Fournette has lots of mass. Yeah. And, and it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Well, um, yeah, I mean, he's a strong runner. And, I mean, White's kind of a, a smaller, shiftier, quick quick guy. Really good athlete. Yeah. <laughs> not not as good in pass protection. But, uh, yeah, enough about uh, pass protection talk. Uh, we're not going to necessarily protect our secrets here, but uh, we spoke about it on the la- on two weeks ago on our regular season finale. Our uh, props picks throughout the season. Every week, uh, the, the four of us, Gladys, myself, but also our co-host Dan and the Doc, would pick the uh, the spread, pick the higher lower on the game, and pick a prop for the week. And Doc ended up winning by about I think he's five picks ahead of Dan, five and a half picks, so a wide enough margin. So congrats to the Doc. American Red went, Cross people. Yeah, yeah, donate to American Red Cross. That was uh, in the Doc's name. For. That's what Doc was playing for. Uh, but I also broke down the results kind of individually, and uh, you know, listen to Gladys, especially we were talking spreads because. You were barely behind Doc. Uh, Doc ended up being the best picking the spread uh, against the yeah. spread. He was 12-4-1 on the season. But you were right behind him at 11-5-1. Oh, nice. So that was, where, that was your strongest category, and you did really well there. Uh, I was 6-10-1 picking against the spread, so apparently don't listen to me. <laughs> I was really bad to start the year. I think I started the year 1-6-1. One, like one, one, uh, one, six and one to start the year. And I, I got better. Th- I got better. Yeah. I was improving. Yeah. Pretty brutal to start the year. Um, looking at the uh, higher lower, I actually did win. I went 11, four and two on the higher lower and uh, I led the group. So kudos. Wait, to higher lower is the, what are we talking about? Like on the game total, like are you thinking oh, okay. about the uh, higher lower okay. on the game total? And yeah, I That's ended up yeah going nice. 11, four and two. Yeah. I had a, I think I had a streak of like five in a row at one point. So that seemed to be the one category I was picking well at. So what did you say for tonight? Uh, actually, I didn't say anything for tonight. The 40, oh. f- 45 and a half, I think it is. 45 and a half. Uh-huh. 
I think both these defenses are strong enough. I kind of like the lower. Nice. Okay. Yeah, Izzy would be proud there. Uh, <laughs> but now it's funny how Dan has a prop show that he does every Monday night, B-Leagues pick him. He did actually get the, the most props right in of the four of us. He barely nice. beat Doc. He was 10-6-1. Doc was 10-7. and seven. So, <laughs> it, uh, so watch the B-Leagues prop show. That's Yeah. That's the moral of that story. It is. Anyway, so I, I thought it was cool to just break down the categories and, and see how, you know, Doc was the overall winner, but all of us kind of shined in certain areas. So we'll see if, if that was, like, just luck from this year, if that's, like, consistently going to happen if we continue to do this. But, yeah. No, we all fun. Next, next year we have to get Gators, like, officially in there, too, because he always gives our props. He always gives us his props. So we need to put Gator in that and see where he falls. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know he's got his Chrome Dome uh, picks on the on the on the Dynasty Gambit, but uh, I guess uh, did did you want to just spend the last uh, you know fifteen minutes or so just talking about the rest of the playoff games we saw this Wild Card weekend? Um, we can if you would so desire, but I mean, we can talk about them in. Let's talk about the Giants game because sure. we haven't mentioned the Giants yet. Yeah, and shout out to Beely and his Giants that uh, got the shout win. Shout out to Dan and his Giants and. Um, the Vikings. So did the Giants, I mean, the Giants played well. I'm not taking anything from them. They, Dan, uh, Danny Dimes was just pretty awesome, actually. And uh, Saquon looked like a Saquon in his rookie year. And Hodgins, which they got from the practice squad from you guys, right? Was he on the Green Bay practice squad? And that's where they picked him hmm. up from? I, I, may, I may have missed that. So I yeah. thought he was in Atlanta, but I, I always confuse him for Kaderil Hodge. So I, I don't think it's actually the same person. <laughs> no, those are two different people. But um, he played well. But first of all, the roughing the passer, that was a bullshit call. If they would have lost the game because of that, I would have been re- really upset. Because that I don't know what a big man's supposed to do when you have a little man in your arms. I mean, you know, do you, you – did I don't know. But the throw that Cousins made to Hawkinson – wasn't even close to a first down. Like he did he I didn't listen I don't listen to post game interviews because they just say the same thing over and over. I, I yeah, I did saw it live too and I was shocked that that's where he decided to go with on that. I heard that he was trying he was targeting Jefferson, but Jefferson was doubled. So he goes, what, five yards short and goes to Hawkinson, who for some reason has blonde hair in my head. I don't know why I always think Hawkinson has blonde hair. But every time I see him, I'm like, why doesn't he have blonde hair? I think it has something to do with him being in Detroit. I'm not sure why I thought him being in Detroit would give him blonde it, hair. But I it, it's I maybe know. just like against the blue, it looks more blonde. Against the purple, maybe. it looks darker. That's, yeah, you know, I think that's what it the is. Eye. Yeah, because if Jefferson's doubled, is there someone else? Thielen, KJ Osborne, deeper downfield that's one on one. No, I I, know. I, I, I tend to throw agree. It short. And and I and is the problem that he's so immobile that he can't buy time behind the line to let Justin Jefferson get free or open. And so he just dumps it off to the first one he sees because not taking anything away from, it was a great tackle. I mean, it was a great tackle, but he was so short of the line. No, I I, I tend to agree with you that maybe that is it. Maybe just, yeah, he's, uh, you see the, the limited ceiling that you have with cousins. He's got a good solid floor for quarterback performance. I thought he played pretty well throughout the game, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. when it came time to crunch time. Most on that drive. Yeah. Uh, and isn't that the knock on Cousins? Like, you know, not a prime yeah. time. He's not getting prime time. He can't, like, uh, when the chips are down, he's going to fail you. It's funny because he did get that one playoff win against the Saints a couple years ago. And I think that game went to overtime. I remember um, he made a big throw to Thielen that got them, like, like inside the five-yard line. I think it on fourth down – a few plays later, they you know he connected with Rudolph for the winning touchdown. But like it, you know, it was a beautiful throw by Cousins to get you know Thielen. It was like a forty-yard play or something. So mm-hmm. he had that one game where he was clutch, and you wondered if is that enough to unlock it? It won't be a problem now. But it seems like yeah, back to <laughs> before like that game didn't exist. Uh, Gator <laughs> saying he's just scared to be a clutch QB. Uh, I or in, I, scared I, to be in the clutch. Sorry. So if you if you were rating the quarterback plays for this weekend, how would you rate them from best to worst? Hmm. I mean, you'd have to say the four winners, so or the five winners would be the best, right? So 
I mean, you could you could maybe argue Daniel Jones was the best quarterback this weekend. Okay. And and maybe Brock so, Purdy was the second. Okay. J- Josh Allen as well, I think. And he did throw some interceptions, but um, yeah. yeah. I go probably Jones. I mean, Burrow Burrow was good, but yeah, that that was game is a lot closer than expected. I, I think I probably would say Daniel Jones was the best quarterback this weekend. It seemed like he was incredibly efficient. I also think the coaching staff, they threw a lot on first down. If I had any complaint for the Giants is that they maybe didn't run enough. Like yeah. Barkley got nine carries. And he was running pretty effectively on those nine carries. So it was that something they maybe should have used more. But it didn't seem like the moment was not too big for Daniel Jones. Like he didn't really make any mistakes. I think of the no. mistakes made on offense or maybe more the receivers making drops. So. Yeah, Slayton, that drop from Slayton was brutal. Um, yeah. So true. you do Jones, Purdy. Who's your third? Probably Josh Allen. Could okay. maybe argue Burrow, but I think I'd go Josh Allen. Four? Yeah, probably Burrow there, and then fifth would be Lawrence as much as, yeah, the, the end of game was great. The You know, he did put them in a big hole with those interceptions, so, like, he needed to be better. And then, yeah, you'd probably go the five quarterbacks that lost from there. Um Cousins may be the best out of the ones that lost, to be honest. Maybe Cousins or Skylar Thompson, surprisingly. I don't know that anyone I thought, thought Skylar Thompson was surprisingly good, actually. I, I'd argue maybe Justin Herbert's at the end of this list. Really? Tyler Huntley is probably the last one, but maybe, you know, I'd probably go Tyler Tyler Huntley 10, Justin Herbert 9. As much would as... Ty- would Tyler Huntley be further up your list if he didn't have that play that resulted in yeah he'd probably be ninth if they, he didn't have the fumble but now he's 10th because of it yeah no maybe not nah, it was uh now nah, it was such a key moment um probably cost them the game to be honest well i mean they had a chance like yeah to, and they didn't do anything they could have taken the lead i mean if, yeah. if, if they don't if they don't even get in the end zone they don't turn it over they kick a field goal to take the lead doesn't mean they win it there but instead they end up down by seven and they can never recover yeah, I mean, uh, Gator would rank them. It looks like Purdy, Jones, easy first and second. So I don't know if that means he thinks Purdy is actually number one. And then Burrow, a- Allen Burrow, I guess would be three, four. How would you rank them? I'm curious. Um, I I would rank Dan I would rank Daniel Jones first. I actually would put um I would put Kirk Cousins second. I I wouldn't necessarily rank Ooh. the ones that won in okay, I would put Purdy is in an offense that I'm pretty sure, Kyle, you could get in that offense and well, look really good. I mean, I can't so, really throw a football well. Maybe my wife could, but I can't. Um, <laughs> like like the Debo Samuel run, like that's all Debo and, you know, right. walking by by Ayuk, right? So, yeah, you're using his athleticism to his advantage. But, uh, the, you know, to be fair, there were some throws that Purdy made that weren't great. Like the, some, there were some misses. Yeah, but it also seemed like – I mean, he's in the top three, but I think Cousins did a really good job except for that last throw. Um, yeah, Cousins was great. He uh, neither defense was particularly good in that Giants Vikings game. Yeah. So, uh, th- so, but especially the Vikings defense, they seemed like they were really bad. Like they had no answer at all. And kudos to the Giants offense. Yeah, I thought uh, Brian Dable. It seems like he he's the favorite. Coach of the year. To, it seems like he is the favorite to win Coach of the Year. I still think I'd go with Tomlin. I just I I I think he deserves one. Finally, he hasn't oh, won one. Eventually, I give him Tomlin, one. But you know, I also if it wasn't going to go to Tomlin, I think Sean McDermott deserve a ton of credit but uh looks like it's gonna go to dable and i will say i thought he coached that game really well i did too hey, uh I, even as as simple as things like there was the one play uh, i think it was isaiah hodgins made on the sideline and it turned out he was good his foot was in bounds but it was one of those questionable ones where you're not sure and i think he got the team to immediately run a play quickly and I, and you know didn't necessarily need to rush i think they got a first down on that play anyway so it you know Coaching situationally, each moment, even though it's so unexpected, it seemed like he was always ready, and was always always made sure the team was ready. So I I could see why Dable is the presumed winner of Coach of the Year. Yeah, like I said in the playoffs, that's who I go with. I go with the person. I go with the team that I think has the better coach. And this was like two first year head coaches, so we didn't really necessarily know who was the better one. Mm, I think no, we Dable did. You knew yeah, Dable I, was better than yeah. Kevin you, O'Connell, I think yeah. so too. Um, the game tonight is the one I would be not so sure who the better coach is. I mean, if I was and on that theory, I don't, I don't necessarily give Mike McCarthy the, the edge of being a better coach because he won a Super Bowl five years ago with another team that had Aaron Rodgers on it. You know what I mean? 
like last years year ago. 12 was it 12 <laughs> nice um like last year's playoff he, they shot the bed and that's i mean it was on deck it, it was, was a really bad game. play call at the end there the yeah the, the qb so, draw to end the game yeah so uh and you know and that didn't seem like that was a qb up. audible for that play call that was what i mean kellen mond is the play caller but it seems like that's that was what it was yeah. allowed to be the play oh bye gator go yeah. bucks gators head now we'll head out in about five minutes um any other games hold your attention? I guess there's the one thing I would like to mention is kudos to the Jaguars. 27-point deficit, the third highest in NFL playoff history. So good job, uh, Chargers. So are we <laughs> – is that more of a, a yay Jaguars or Chargers? Staley, you you really need help. I mean – I. I think I will. Be, I would be optimistic and say it's more the Jaguars. I think okay. part of it was again the interceptions by Lawrence. Once the Jaguars got out of their way and just started making plays, they dictated the game and they won it. So I, in that sense, like it took everything, and they they would have known it down by twenty seven. It took everything from that point on to go right for them, and, I, and they executed everything right from there on. Obviously, the yeah you know, the Chargers defense can't allow that much, but I also think I put just as much blame on the Chargers offense. That did well, very little all game. I I would I would give a lot of credit to Lawrence because second year and you throw four interceptions in a playoff game at home and then you rebound like you did. That's I mean that has and I agree with Scampers. Had Doug Peterson deserves a bunch of credit for that because that kid could just have yeah, folded. He could, as he could easily have easily just be coached the year too. Yeah, he could. But I think they have to win another game. They have to beat the Chiefs for him to be coach of the year. Well, and I think they're supposed to not like they're supposed to vote on this before the playoffs start. I think that's what a lot of writers end up do vote before this. So it would just yeah. be regular season. But even so, like get you know the turnaround from the Jaguars and the Giants, both pretty remarkable for first year head coaches. Although you know Peterson has been head coach before, but truly the rookie with Dable. But I think that's what's going to be the impressive impressive feat that. And because yeah. and, I think with the, the Giants, it was so early, right? Like they were like six and one. And we yeah. were talking the worst five and one team ever in history, the worst four and one team. And like it's so early on, they had just kept winning games right from the get go. And it, it got into people's mind early that Dable was going to be coach of the year. Um, Yeah. And I think those writers just kind of kept that going forward. And yeah, I think he's going to win it. I, I mean, I, I'm not mad at that. Although Mike Tomlin does deserve some some uh credit for oh yeah I having a I, i'm shocked he's never won coach of the year i think he's probably a, a top five I'm coach in the nfl too i i didn't I, know I, that he never i don't know how you would rank the nfl head coaches but i'd probably put him fifth to be honest you're the four bone i'll give still give belichick the one i think he's earned that and uh andy reed everything he does is such a great head coach and play caller and talent identifier understanding how to incorporate someone into an offense i think I think he deserves massive credit and I'll give it to Sean McVay. Like he's won it, you know, last year he got the ring. He's won the Super Bowl. Uh, he made golf look great for all those years. And I guess maybe this <laughs> golf, golf actually looked good on his own. So maybe, maybe that isn't such a, a feat anymore. That used to, that used to be the thing like, Oh my God, look at He's turning around Jared Goff. He should get greatest head coach ever just for that. And I think maybe golf deserves some credit, but I said, I think that's the clear top three. And then to me, you could go Harbaugh, Tomlin, Pete Carroll. Uh, yeah, so I'd probably put Tomlin probably four or five. I think that um, I would have to, to put Belichick down just because he allowed... Matt Patricia to be offensive coordinator? Yes, yeah. Eh, that's fair. And, they, that and, was a very stupid personnel move. Yeah, and, and not to change it like when you saw it was going south, you know what I mean, because of whatever... I mean, it looks like they've changed it now. I think they've announced they're going right. to hire right. a new offensive coordinator. So I, I think, yeah, it, it didn't. You didn't need a full year to see that wasn't working. Yeah, you didn't. Not at all. So I would put Belichick down. Um, Andy Reid for sure. Um, I would put Tomlin ahead of McVay, even though Tomlin, even though McVay won the Super Bowl. Tomlin's last got a Super Bowl ring too, so yeah, he, you he know, neutralize it. And I don't think his team after the Super Bowl shut the bed as much as the Rams did this year. So, well, yeah, he's never had a losing season. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going to have to put Tomlin ahead of McVay um, behind Reed. Pete Carroll, 
you got to give him kudos for what he did this year at Gino. Like everyone was like, ah, they gave up Russell Wilson. They're going to suck so bad, blah, blah, blah. And then Gino's like, nope, uh, we made it to the playoffs. Wilson didn't. So, and I mean, this is, you know, kudos to Carol for having good assistance around, but they had to incorporate a lot of rookies into their starting yeah. lineup of their starting 22 players in offense and defense. What, at least six are rookies. And they did. Well. You've got both of your offensive tackles, your running back, uh, a couple of cornerbacks. Who do you think is going to win offensive rookie of the year? Offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. It's a tough one. I think Walker could get credit. Um, I, I I like Olave for it, but I think it's either going to go to Walker or Wilson. But I think Olave is – I thought he played really well considering – I mean, Wilson – it seems like Wilson would, would, you know, struggled with Zach Wilson. He still had some okay games with Zach Wilson, but it seems like Garrett Wilson was at his best when he had Mike White. It seemed like Olave was able to do good with Winston yeah. and with Dalton. There was maybe some – he didn't really have many games with Winston, so he didn't have any bad games with him. He had some bad games with Dalton, but that's more just sheer volume of number of games. But he was able to have some really good performances with Dalton too. Maybe he slowed down towards the end of the year, so he probably wouldn't get it for that. But I, I, I'd pick Olave, me personally. But like the, um, my coach of the year pick of Tomlin, it, it's probably not happening. And I yeah, uh, Scamper is saying Purdy, just even the short sample size, hasn't lost a game yet as a quarterback. When do they go for that, though? They, that's not something they go for before the playoffs? And that's the thing. This last week might not count towards that, but he still went 5-0 and to end the regular season. So did he? is that enough games for him to win it or not? I guess that's the question. Mm. Well, I mean, Walker, the only knock against Walker is those games that he missed. Otherwise, I would say call Walker because he was on a team that wasn't supposed to do well, and they surpassed all expectations, and a lot of it was due to him. I mean, when Gino started being the Gino that we recognized, yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot this is a Joe Buck game. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. I'm sound. hoping they're not doing a Manning cast. I was kind of hoping for a Manning cast. For a they are. Game. It oh, is. Oh well, I'll, I'm hoping I can watch that. <laughs> um, I I can't watch them. They're so funny. I can't watch them. It distracts from the game. Well. Better than funny than awful because that's yeah, was, the game. Well, I mute. I don't listen. I mute. Oh, that, that's I fine. Yeah, that, that's yeah. probably for the best. I've you can make your own commentary. Yeah, and I do. I'd much rather listen to you than Bucket Aiken, that's for sure. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks. And the game's about to start. So we have made it on time. That's because right. we don't have Dan's rants. That's why. <laughs> that's, I miss yeah, you, though, think, Dan. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think the yeah, game starts in 12 minutes from now. So, uh, yeah, we can uh, get going. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Sandra Says. Gladys is on Twitter at Gladys L. Tyler. Uh, you can, of course, follow along. Uh, everything going for two live on Twitter at going for going for uh, at going for two live. It, it is just that. It's that simple. I don't know how, why I can mess that up. Uh, there's also the main going for two account, uh, which will, of course, retweet all the articles and everything at going for underscore two. That one's a little more complicated. That, that's why uh, I messed up initially. But yeah, be sure to subscribe to the uh, going for two YouTube channel. Uh, just search up Going For Two Live on YouTube. Uh, find us there. I know tomorrow night, uh, Danny and Dee are back for another episode of the Speak On It podcast. Uh, I believe Jeff is doing an armchair oh, show God. on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no one tells me what they're doing. Yeah, they're doing a startup rookie draft. Uh, so, yeah, the armchair show is back this week. So two nights from now. So, uh, yeah, uh, off season's in, in full swing. And I know Gladys... Uh, you and I will both uh, will be splitting up on Monday nights. Uh, we'll be splitting uh, Mondays, uh, alternating weeks, starting the week after the Super Bowl. Technically, it's the day after. Uh, the February thirteenth. You're you're taking back over the two point conversion. You and uh, Jay Eubanks Jay. will uh, will uh, yeah host then on the thirteenth, and I'll start uh, press coverage on the next following Monday, the twentieth. But I think oh. you've also got a new venture this year, right, Gladys, with uh, going for two live. Yeah, on, on Thursdays, so I alternate Thursdays with Dynasty Gambit, I think. But starting the Thursdays, so that same week, on the 16th, I will be doing a show called In No Particular Order, in which I have um, a guest, and they will, we will do mock drafts. And so I think the first mock draft we're doing is Serial Killers, and the second mock draft we're doing is Movies, and um, these are different guests, of course. Movies and music videos, and then the third one is 80s bands. It's whatever they want. So 
you should tune in. It's like 45 minutes, probably. I'm going to hope like not longer than 45 minutes. And the first guest will be the gentleman who won the Scott Fish Bowl, Cody Armstrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really sure what we're mocking because he hasn't told me what he wanted to mock yet, but I'm sure to be something interesting. Not yeah, serious. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Sure. I guess that's something if you know you can catch the live, of course, uh, that'll be again starting Thursday, uh, February 16th. But if you don't catch it live, you can rewatch the episodes. And if you miss some, yeah. you don't have to rewatch them in any particular order. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I guess in no particular order. I in no particular up. order. It's okay. It's in no particular order. Podcast. I'm just putting it's... any words there. No words. <laughs> well, no, I'm never putting no words. I'm always talking. Uh, it's okay. We like to hear you talk. Uh, apparently yeah. everyone does because Scampers was here. Gator. Uh, I know. Courtney, of course, Courtney? Uh, our co-host, uh, our co-host, Dan. Uh, Jamie as well, the Cleveland connoisseur. Uh, Shane? Yes. Oh, yeah. Shane. How can I forget Shane? Shane I is definitely know. the best. I'm the oh, worst. Okay. <laughs> and we appreciate you guys so much for listening to us. Yes, come listen to us in the off season. And Kyle, I appreciate you so much. Thank and you. I appreciate you, Gladys. Yeah, appreciate everyone <laughs> who supported us throughout this. And yeah, I guess uh, this is our, our final uh, in season episode of the Two Point Conversion. So uh, Gladys and I are signing off officially. We'll see you all in about a month. Bye. Good luck, everyone. I'll on, actually, I'll be I'll be on the Dynasty game at Thursday, so I'll see you on okay. Thursday. <laughs> on Mondays, I'll see you in about a month. Good luck, everyone. Take care. Bye.